Hi guys, welcome to my first ever podcast. I'm Sam W. Martin, the CEO of Apothecary 87, Volstead and Media 87. I kind of just wanted to start a podcast so I could talk to you guys a little bit about my journey as an entrepreneur, the ups, the downs and the brutal honesty of what I've been through. Now, this idea for a podcast kind of came to me recently when I went to see one of my suppliers after some very difficult manufacturer issues that we've been having with Apothecary 87 for the past two years. And when I went to see the supplier, they told me about these issues that they'd had internally with someone in their team and how it seemed like the worst thing in the world. All of a sudden, the problems that we've been suffering with for the past 24 months that to me had seemed, uh, you know, these huge scale, you know, insanely unlucky issues that kept, you know, coming back to haunt us. All of a sudden, I kind of found solace in this uh, uh, emotional safety net of finding out that someone else was going through something difficult as well. And that inspired me to create this podcast where I can talk about what I've been through, uh, what the sacrifices of being an entrepreneur are, um, how difficult it can be at times, um, and how I frame things in my mind to learn and move forward and deal with things, uh, because all that is very important. So my story so far as an entrepreneur when I was young, I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. So I kind of set out trying a few different things. And, and for some reason, I, I settled uh, at the ripe old age of 14 on owning my own bar. Now, to this point, I've shown a few, well, I've shown a few areas of, of entrepreneurial thinking started my own tuck shop at school, uh, sold Pokemon cards and made a small fortune. Um, again, that was at school. Um, and I'd kind of settled that owning a bar was like the coolest job in the world, and that's where I wanted to be. So when I left school, I got a job working for a bank. Nothing to do with the bar industry. And it was about six months in that I realized how depressed I was. And I'm not trying to downplay that. I was severely depressed. Um, working in a bank just wasn't me. So at the age of 17, I decided that I needed to leave the bank and I needed to pursue a career uh, that would give me give me something back. And I did a lot of research into where I could go with with my career, who would take me on, who's the best, um, what did I need to learn to actually get to where I needed to be in life. And I found a company uh, in London, I'm based in, in Doncaster, uh, but this company had a huge reputation for being the best around. And I decided these were the people that I was going to work for that would teach me everything I needed so I could open my own bar. Um, 
I decided to up and move to London after a very brief phone call with this company. And the phone call, <laughs> it was so weird. I rang them and I, I said, have you got any jobs going? And they said, no. You know, that's it. I was like, oh, okay. Um, well, can I come and work for free? And if you like what you see, would there be a potential to get a job then? And all of a sudden their ears perked up and they said, yeah, we like the sound of that. So within a fortnight, I moved down to London. Um, again, I was 17. I, couldn't, I wasn't even old enough to work behind the bar. Um, I had to do a job called bar backing where you basically looked after the bartenders, got them everything they needed um, whilst I learned how the bar functioned. Um, and things went really well. I ended up working with some amazing people and really flourishing in the bar industry. Uh, I absolutely loved it. I got to drink and party all the time, uh, meet incredible people. And, you know, I, I, I really enjoyed it. By the time working there came to an end, I had a, a CV resume that, was amazing for someone my age, you know, and this is late teens, early twenties at this point. Unfortunately, the market circumstances were terrible for, for that type of industry. The bar company I was working for focused mainly on events and the recession had just hit. And one of the first things to go were events and in particular events in the leisure industry so parties things like that people just didn't have the money for it uh so our work dried up super quick and before i knew it i ended up back home with my parents asking to live with them again this kind of spurred me on you know i'd taken the first big plunge into life and and really wanted to to do more um, I'd been terrified of moving to London and I really didn't know what was next or how to achieve anything. I ended up uh, going to work for several bar companies and I remember my mindset at the time was work the places that you'll learn the most because when it came to me earning a, a, or owning a bar, I needed to know how to run it. You know, money could come later. You know, working out how to afford it to come late, could come later. But I needed to know how to run it successfully. So I got jobs at various different chains and independents, um, built up my name working, and I was, I was paid nothing, uh, really, really low wages. I remember at one point, um, I was living with a friend. And it got to the point where I literally couldn't afford food. I I had some stale bread that I ate. And that, that was that was kind of a meal for me. I I had nothing in the bank. Um but I was dead dead set to to achieve my goals and own this amazing bar. Um anyway. I kept going out and I kept learning and I finally started doing a few more bits and pieces, doing some consultancy here and there. Uh, I was managing a few places and 
I decided to launch my my first proper company. Um, I say proper company because when I moved to London in the bar industry, I was self-employed, uh, but it, I didn't really have a, a business. I actually named it SAM Enterprises, Sam Enterprises, <laughs> which was really cheesy. Um, yeah, so I I started my own proper bar company. We did bar events and consultancy and named the company Spiritus. Uh, we wanted to talk about the inclusion of people at an event like this, hence the us and spirit is uh, obviously the drinks of spirits and the Latin Spiritus does mean spirit as well. So it was it was kind of an all-round you know, win on the name. And I started this with one of the the staff members that worked for me at a bar, or a local bar. And I think that was probably a bad idea. If I'm being honest with myself, I started it, this company with someone else when I didn't need to. I should have started it myself, but I was scared. Um, you know, this was... This was big. I was going to have a proper company doing proper things. And I I was really nervous about doing it. You know, what if I don't do it right? What if it's not going to be a success? What if I, you know, I have to turn, go, go to these random house parties to work on my own? And, you know, I, what is this world? I was terrified of of what might happen. Um and I, I, I should have had more confidence. I should have been focused less on what might happen and more on how I could control things. But anyway, I started this company with uh, with a chap that was working uh, under me when I was managing this bar. And there was no particular reason why I chose him other than I knew him. And that wasn't good. That was a bad idea. I, we, well, we started the company and things started to go quite well. We, you know, we got the ball rolling. Um, the bar was designed, you know, we had investment. We, we borrowed some money off uh, each of our parents to get things going. And then it came around to paying, you know, a bill and it was only a small bill, and it, this was this was quite early on into what we were doing because it was for the fronts of one of our portable bars that we'd had. It was a branded front made by a sign maker, and I think it was only three hundred quid. And I remember going to pay it, and I gave the guy a check. And a couple of days later, I get a phone call saying your check's bounced. Now it was only a three hundred quid uh, product, and I believe that we'd put about £10,000 into starting the business. And it had bounced. And this was the first time that I, I kind of realised that I was on the wrong path with the wrong business partner. Because when I spoke to him about it, it turned out that the money that we'd put in had been taken back out by him because he believed he was owed it for the work that he put in. When we started to look at what had happened, there was a lot of questionable uh, transactions on the bank account. 
Now, naively, I thought, you know what, this is this is just uh, naivety on his part. You know, he didn't know not to do that. Let's look at putting some more money in and he can repay that slowly and, you know, we'll move on. And we spoke about it. I promise it'll never happen again. And you know what happened again. We we realized that things weren't going well. You know, I, I looked at the at the bank balance. We had, you know, a small amount of work coming in. Um people knew the name of Spiritus, uh but internally we had these huge struggles where I was working full time on Spiritus and taking next to nothing. Uh my business partner was working full time somewhere else so that he had money and then taking money from Spiritus as well. And it just it didn't work out, you know, for a small company where you know, in reality we were earning a small wage each. Uh it was it was not the the right company, the right partnership for us. Uh I had to I had to sit down with him and have a chat and say, look, things aren't working. You've had your share. Uh, I want you to leave the company and you know, I'll take your shares. And that was a really horrible conversation, but it was one that needed to happen. Um, I remember, again, I was still really young at the time. Uh, he came to see me in a restaurant and he brought his mum along. Uh, I don't know whether it was to try and intimidate me or, or whether it was just because you know she'd invested some money and wanted to know what was happening. And either way, it was really a real horrible conversation to have. But you know we we ended up eventually agreeing that I would take the shares and you know move on in, with the company myself. I think looking back at it. I sh- I should have thought more about who I was investing in. And although I wasn't putting any money into someone else, you know, starting a company with someone and that for me is a really big thing, you know. In hindsight, I needed to really evaluate who they are, what motivates them, how they behave and try and work out the traits, you know, maybe the the main traits of someone that I would invest in and the main traits of someone that I, I wouldn't invest in and then use that to decide whether I'd start a business with someone uh, I've definitely learned from that now I wish I'd learned that back then because at the time it was incredibly difficult to go through um, but yeah I'm trying to think what would I what characteristics would I actually invest in if I knew if I was looking at investing in someone I think drive, I would look for someone with, with drive, someone who just absolutely loved and was obsessed with what they did. You know, having that goal and chasing it. Um, I would probably look at someone who isn't financially driven as, as one of the things I would, I would not invest in. You know, so I'd look for someone who ha- who loves the the purpose and the journey, but maybe isn't in it for the money. Uh, although money is very important, I don't think 
it's a goal, I think it's a fuel. Um, what other traits would I look at? I'd, I'd look for someone who was probably outgoing and uh, and had a, a good personality to them, you know, friendly, uh, I don't want to say bubbly, but, you know, a, a good person. Um, I wouldn't want to invest in someone who behaves like a dick. <laughs> if if they're if you're a really self centered person who who doesn't give a shit about others and uh you know I I don't want to work with that person. Um, if you're selfless, caring, um, and, and a nice person, then I definitely do want to look at creating a business with you. Um. And on top of that, well, this is a tough one. I think. Someone who can think creatively and logically at the same time, having a, a good balance in in the way that they think, um, I think that's probably the last main trait I would need if I was to invest in someone. Uh, without that, I don't think I could put my my money into into someone else's pocket like I did with Spiritus again. Anyway, I uh, I I kind of go off at a tangent there. Um yeah, I investing with my old business partner in this business was not the right choice because he did not have the traits that I needed. I don't I also think that he, he didn't really add much to to what we were doing with the business. You know, it didn't balance out between me and him. Uh and that was that was Spiritus. Eventually Spiritus went on um and until I sold it for a, a very small fee. Um but I had an amazing time doing it. I loved running Spiritus. Uh it was I didn't go to university, I got kicked out of school. I, I started my own business and came back up here and worked towards getting my own business instead. And and I absolutely loved that journey. It was uh, an amazing journey to be on. So the next stage of my career is, or my, my entrepreneurial life is, is Apothecary 87. And as Apothecary 87 came into conception and started, Spiritus came to an end. Apothecary 87 got to a point where I, I was turning over, you know, months worth of uh, revenue for spiritus or the equivalent spiritus and i was doing that in in you know a single month or even a week with apothecary 87 uh it grew really rapidly i mean in its first month which is november 2013 we turned over 300 quid uh, it's nothing to to be amazed at the second month we turned over 600 so we did double uh, the third month we did 9990 which was both incredibly exciting and very upsetting at the same time you know the fact that I was uh, 10 quid shy of 10,000 pounds in that third month was um, <laughs> a bit frustrating but we we went on this incredible journey and people really responded to it and I ended up selling Spiritus uh, in that third month as well when I saw how well it was doing and I just knew that I would have to put everything I had into Apothecary 87 
I mean, the Apothecary Seven. For anyone who doesn't know about it, is a, a male grooming company. You know, we make shaving products, hairstyling products, beard care products. Um, the product that we started with was our original recipe beard oil, and that that was the product that started everything. Now, at the time, I didn't start Apothecary Seven to be a company. I started it because. I needed a product. You know, with Spiritus, people didn't take me seriously. With Spiritus, people thought I was too young to give them advice and consultancy on how to grow their bar business. So I grew the beard to look older, and it, it worked. It ended up being really good marketing, actually. People remembered me more. People stopped saying that I looked really young. It was a really uh, eye-opening journey growing a beard, though, as well. I remember going to networking events, and there were women in particular would always comment on it, on, on me having a beard. I remember some people turning around and being like, you'd be a very attractive guy if it wasn't for that horrible thing on your face. Um... That that was pretty cutting. Uh, not that I'm a, a vain guy, but yeah, to tell people that you know, <laughs> like okay, this this is this is pretty cutting and not the most professional. But I I shrugged it off. Um, I remember you know it affecting me for a short period of time. And I just thought I I don't give a shit. I'm doing this for a reason, and that reason is to benefit my career, and it's working, and. Having a beard was great for that. The other difficulty of having a, a beard was it was really bloody itchy to the point it would keep me awake at night. And this is kind of where Apothecary 87's conception was because it hurt, it was so itchy. What I ended up doing was being a typical, you know, lads lad, I had shampoo and body wash, and that was pretty much my shower routine. Um, I didn't really know anything about conditioners or, you know, moisturizers. Um, so I started doing some research and I did a Google uh, search for how to make your beard stop itching. And I got some results for this uh, product called Beard Oil. And at the time, there were really no companies creating beard oil. There might have been three, maybe four. Uh, now there's hundreds, but... Um, Anyway, I, I did some research and I, I tried some and I really didn't get on with them. Whether it was the smell, uh, the performance, some didn't have any effect and just left me just as itchy. Uh, some even made it worse, uh, which I was always mind blown at. And I, I got tired of it and I thought, I can't, get, I can't shave, I need my beard because it's, it's having an impact on my 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 career as uh, and you know my my business and as an entrepreneur I want the best success for my business so I started researching more into this product concept of beard oil and I spoke to friends family uh, googled different businesses and rang cosmetic chemists and and just asked them about what ingredients should be in it how it should be made and eventually, I had a, an idea of the the formulation process. 
So at that point, I then started looking into different ingredients, how they performed, what they were good for, uh, what the benefits would be. And I created the original recipe beard oil, which obviously didn't have that name at the time. It was a product just for me. Um, what, What happened was this product was created and it worked fantastically. And just as the beard movement started, I gained some traction on social media. People were asking me about my beard. Where did you, uh, you know, get it looked after? What barbershop did you go to? What products do you use on it? And, I, you know, I was telling them, you know, I go to my friend's barbershop, uh, Gentleman's Retreat, which is a local one. I use a beard oil that I've created myself. Uh, and people then started asking me where they could buy the product from. And my girlfriend at the time and a few of my friends kind of encouraged me to make it a business. You know, there's enough people asking now. You should do this. So I did. And I remember taking different samples to my friend Jimmy, who runs a a gentleman's retreat barbershop, and seeing what he he thinks of the, the products. You know, try this, try this. And I'd get his feedback, and I'd go away and reformulate, and I'd create another version. And uh, I just really honed, you know, refined the, the recipe ready for Apothecary 87. Jimmy actually works for me now. Uh, he still runs the Gentleman's Retreat. Um, he still owns that. But uh, uh, Jimmy's now our new product development manager, which is a, a really nice um, full circle story there. Um, but yeah, so the, the company started, and, and we had the, the success that I told you about a moment ago. and. You know, it was this crazy, crazy whirlwind. One of the the the, the big things for Apothecary Seven was was the naming of it. You know, the the journey I went through there emotionally was, I was, I was in a bad place for that. And um, basically, my my granddad was was very unwell at the time I was starting Apothecary Eighty Seven. I knew. I knew I wanted a name for Apothecary 87 that, that kind of showcased what it did and that I didn't want it to be beard related. So, you know, Apothecary, you know, it, it, it's, it's someone who creates lotions, potions. And that to me was very true with what I needed. I needed a cure for my itchy beard and the Apothecary just kind of fit well with that. But on its own, it wasn't, it wasn't powerful. You know, it didn't make me remember. It didn't get me excited. I needed something and I knew I wanted an extra word or something at the end and my granddad my granddad suffered with prostate cancer at the time he ended up dying in September 2013 and he was 87 when he passed away and obviously that was a great number to add and a nice it was it it was a nice way to remember him. He'd always been one of those guys who, who just continually, uh, continuously impresses you. The things that he did were, he was an amazing man. You know, he had a, when he was 87, he had a, a 61-year-old girlfriend, which, uh, <laughs> which blew my mind. Uh, he said he felt 21 again. No surprises. Um, also, he'd, he'd been out earlier that year, and he got run over on the golf course by 
his friend who was driving the golf buggy. And, and, and that hit him really hard. We knew that he was suffering with cancer. He'd been run over. Um, he wasn't in good shape. You know, he'd, he'd been through the wars. We took him on holiday in the end. You know, me and the, uh, my cousins, my uncles, my you know, everybody in, in the family. And um, woke up one morning to find him walking around the swimming pool doing circuits because he didn't want to seize up. And then after a few, he stopped and he turned around started walking back the other way and I asked him what he was doing and he told me that he was unwinding and did 50 circuits backwards around the pool uh, to <laughs> unwind from the 50 he'd done round in the other direction um, so he was uh, he was nuts but he was such an impressive guy and I, I said to my dad because my dad lent me the money to start Apothecary 87 that you know the 87 would be a really amazing way for me to remember my granddad and it would be a really nice you know tip of the hat to him for the influence that he had over my life and, and my dad's life and uh, you know the impact they had there so so that was where the name came from apothecary 87 and that was kind of the, the start of it now since starting the company we've had amazing successes and we've had you know incredible failures at the same time um, and we've done our best to learn from all of those and i would love to talk to you about all those in greater detail but i really think that we've you know only got a certain amount of time for this podcast and it's going to be very easy to <laughs> ramble on and bore you guys so i won't go into too much of that right now Okay, so next chapter. As I said at the start of this podcast, I didn't want this to just be about my business. I wanted this to be about life as an entrepreneur and the difficulties, the the honest, open opinions of doing that and and everything else. I think, you know, outside of Apothecary 87, you know, if we analyse me it's i've i've always had an entre, entrepreneurial mindset and and i don't think i always realized it i was very lucky to be brought up by my parents my my dad in particular because he's always drilled certain uh, thought processes into my head and i've always been open to the idea of creating and building what I've realised in recent years is both the power of this in that you really can do anything that you want uh, and also the, the sacrifice in this in that to achieve anything that you want you, you have to weigh up other areas of your life. When I look at some of my role models like Elon Musk you know, I, I see what he's created. And like anyone in the world, he's just a person. He's unique in his own ways, but we're all unique in our own ways. He's just a person. And for those of you who don't know Elon Musk, he owns Tesla, uh, the electric cars. He owns Solar City, which is solar energy. He owns 
the boring company which is currently drilling underneath America to create new faster transportation. And he owns SpaceX, which is... Uh, well, it's a space company. Um, he really clearly understands his mission. And, and I envy that because I don't understand my mission at the moment. I have an idea of my mission, but I'm not as clear as he is. And I, I think starting with your mission and understanding your mission is the first step to achieving anything you want in life. As I said, Elon Musk is just a guy, but his mission is to give humanity uh, a stronger chance of survival, longevity in its life as a species, and his process is how how do I create that? So obviously he's doing things in the world that are impacting you know in the environment, how we process day-to-day life and the impact that's going to have there so solar city is solar energy um you know is uh that fantastic he's trying to mitigate the need for fossil fuels in that different aspects there tesla electric car company he's actually tackling one of the biggest fossil fuel consuming devices in the world and he's taking that industry on and currently being really successful at it uh, don't get me wrong, he has had his ups and his downs, but he's currently doing very well at it. But he also stopped and thought, my goal is this, how do I achieve it? And for him to achieve his goal, he felt that humanity had to be an interplanetary species. And this is this is where things start to blow my mind. Because in the entire time that NASA and humanity have had space programs. We've made very little progress until SpaceX came along. And he's really kind of deconstructed how to make humanity an interplanetary species. And he's he's now at the point where he's probably going to achieve his goals of 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 getting humanity there in onto another planet and he's probably going to achieve it within his lifetime which is insane and that just made me think how has he done that no not the actual process of getting people to another planet but how has he built himself to have such an impact on the world like you really can do anything you fucking want. It's just a case of working out how to do it. For me, I have a much less clear view of my mission. And, you know, that's a shame. I really do wish. I've spent long and hard trying to think about it. And, and, and in all honesty, it's just not come to me as clearly as I want it to. I always find it easier to think outside the box for other people than to think for myself. So I'm sure it will come in time. But in the time being, I'm just going to push towards the goals that I I set out and create. And then when my bigger purpose is discovered by myself, 
then I'm going to pursue that with everything. Um, so, yeah, my, my, my journey is definitely about how I can create this movement with Apothecary 87 and, you know, bringing people together and, and, and having this grooming brand that will make people feel accepted. people who weren't necessarily accepted to begin with, which is kind of where I came from. You know, I wasn't the typical, you know, pretty boy, didn't really use any cosmetics uh, or anything like that. So that, that kind of rings true to me. But my, my, like I say, my bigger purpose is yet to be discovered for the time being. That, that is where I'm at. And thinking about what I need to do on a daily basis to achieve that, and and build on that is is a tough process and it takes up a lot of time since launching apothecary 87 i discovered that i really love certain aspects of business in particular marketing and branding and psychology the way people's minds work fascinates me really fascinates me and again you can see that in, in apothecary 87 i think for, for the way that I've tried to create something that includes outsiders into this, this group. Um, and the marketing side of things, I love. So I've recently set up a marketing agency with a, uh, an entrepreneur friend of mine called Media87. And I'm really excited to get started on this. You know, it's a, it's a difficult journey. Again, you know, I've, I've had to make sacrifices even more so. You know, and I now run multiple companies, not just those two. I've got a jewelry business as well. Um, so it's there's definite sacrifices to working out where I want to be in life. All I know is that I want to have an impact. And right now I'm working towards the journey that creates that for me. The downside is the sacrifices you make can be pretty big. You know, I've, I have to be so careful with my time. Time is... Time is probably my most important commodity and one that I have the least of, which is tough. So I have to be very careful with my time and how I use it. I have to strategize about what I'm going to do on a daily basis so that I can achieve the results that I want and I can make that impact. You know, I have to balance everything. Um, unfortunately, I don't always succeed. And I have definitely impacted others along the way. I know my previous relationship came to an end because I wasn't able to focus as much on the relationship as I needed to. As a result, that you know drove us apart and caused some serious issues until we weren't able to gel together anymore. Um, and lost a lot of friends on the way. I've uh, I've had to look at the people that I'm hanging around with and whether they're right for me to hang around with or whether they're uh, wrong for me to to be around 
when I weigh that up against what my goals are and the impact of their mindsets has on my mindset. So I've definitely reduced my uh, my surroundings in people. And that, that has been very lonely at times. But this this whole journey isn't just about the now. It's about the long term. And I think the key word is journey. It's something that I'm going to experience and create and build. And there'll be people that are on that, that same uh, uh, route that I'm on. Or there'll be people that kind of cross over and, and, and come on my path and then leave it again and that's okay because I have to remember this is my journey and I have to be true to that I can't go on someone else's path or someone else's journey so it's not always a simple thing anyway I have made a lot of sacrifice in this way but I I think it's for the best. You know, I've I've done these things not because I've had to do them, but because I want to do them, because I've had my eyes on the prize and I really wanted to, to achieve something. And I feel that I'm starting to achieve it. There's always the difficulty of you only ever see the incremental steps that you make, so it's very hard to see what that big achievement is in the long run, but... I definitely feel that the journey I'm on right now is the right one for me and I'm I'm excited to be on it. I don't think I'm going to ramble on much more to be honest. I I think I've had some big ups and downs and and even talking about this, you know, I'm sorry if it got uh, a bit dark in places, but I mean it's been it's been um it's been therapeutic for me to talk to you guys and just sit in a quiet room at 7pm on a Monday night and just talk about some of my journey. I'm really keen to talk more about it. And I'm also really keen to talk to some other people about it. And I've the people that I've spoken to about recording this podcast are quite excited about the concept of it and the the brutal honesty and i i really want to talk about the the highs and lows of of being an entrepreneur not just the highs and have people talk about the great stuff and what ex- excitement is involved in it and the place you get to travel and meet and all that kind of stuff i want to talk about the shit as well because it's a part of the journey and with social media being such a highlight reel of people's lives at the moment and looking into other people's businesses and not seeing anything but the highlights most of the time, I I want to showcase an honest view of what that is. And you guys have listened to me for long enough. Plus, my stomach's actually rumbling. Uh, I think I need to go get some food. <laughs> Again, I've, I, I don't... I've, one of the sacrifices I've made is... I don't eat like I should. I have really poor eating patterns because I find some days I just don't have time to eat. And I think today I've had a, a slice of toast. 
So, yeah, sorry if you guys heard my stomach grumbling there. Um, I would really love to do this again, and I'm going to try and make it a weekly thing. I think the next episode, you know, I've talked a bit about my journey. I want to talk about someone else's. And I'm going to start with an entrepreneur that is very close to me and my life and has had a big impact in in my life in that I've started a business with them <laughs> and they've been I'm not going to reveal who it is just yet but they've been through uh, some really tough times and some crazy things that you just wouldn't really expect so I'm going to talk to them and see if we can talk about what their journey is and and how that's been and I think you guys will love that. So thank you for listening. And anyone who has any feedback, please let me know. I mean, this is really early days, so uh, I would love your feedback. If you thought it was good, tell me it was good. If you thought it was shit, tell me it was shit. Because this is about honesty. So I want to make an amazing bit of content that you guys can listen to. And hopefully you enjoy it. So do give me honest feedback. Um, and yeah, I will create another one. I'm hoping to do one a week, maybe put them out every, uh, I'm I'm thinking every Thursday, but we'll see how true I stay to that in terms of whether it's a Thursday or not. But anyway, please do stay tuned and subscribe if you liked it and I shall talk to you next week. Thanks for listening guys.